right, everybody, welcome to episode 85 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. I'm with my main man, Bill at Super Duperflex. Bill, how you doing? Man, I don't know. We're already starting this out, you know, rivalry with our guests, you know, college who we're rooting for. It's just, uh, I'm not sure how this one's going to go. No, I'm playing. We're, uh, I'm looking forward to this, man. Uh, doing all right. Um, happy that we're back on the air. And how you doing? I- I'm doing good, man. I, for some reason, last Wednesday seems like it was like five months ago. I don't know why this last week is just crawled by. So I'm glad to be back with you. Uh, Bill made a slight mention. If you're watching on YouTube, which we hope uh, you can when you can, uh, we got Kevin at the boys underscore 22. Love that handle. Um, Kevin, how you doing, man? I am doing good, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, and, you know, I'm looking forward to getting some news, talking about it, and, and just showing why us Michigan fans know a little bit about football. I know, <laughs> I know Bill might not think so, but we, we know a little bit. Like, we, we can hold our own a little bit. Yeah, we'll see. So I, it, it'll be fun because we, we got some questions on the docket, and now I, I feel like the, uh, the Michigan guy and the Michigan State guy are just going to go opposite no matter what happens. So it'll oh, be- yeah, We're, we, we've been not getting along the whole time. So, <laughs> so we'll, we'll see some debates. Maybe I'll just sit back. Maybe I'll just secretly, you know, cheer on my, my Cowboys brethren over here and uh, <laughs> oh, great. root for him. And, Nothing and, uh, going right for me. In the debates, you know, so. But uh, all right, so. The news, I mean, interesting, this one here. Darius guys, the charges were dropped. Um, listen, I'm not going to get into any of the legal stuff because if I was a lawyer, um, I'd have a whole lot more money. But, um, you know, what, Bill, you wanted to say something. You got excited there when I Yeah, I was just like, I read it on Twitter real quick right before the show. So I'm not one, like I saw it on like one tweet or, or two tweets. So I'm not 100% sure it's, that's accurate, but I did put it on the sheet just in case so we might be spewing garbage let me research that for a minute but regardless go ahead well listen so whether it's a one tweet wonder or not i mean these are the type of things that we have to look at and people say that you know people that play fantasy especially that people that play dynasty they react and they overreact to certain things and I, i think we could touch on a bigger point here whether this actually happened or not there was a settlement. All right. So there was a settlement. So, all right. You know, that is what it is. But we're dealing we're dealing with the same thing right now with Deshaun Watson. Like, we don't know where he's at. We don't know the legal proceedings. You know, luckily, I follow, follow enough smart people who are actually lawyers that they kind of can give some general play-by-plays because obviously they're not in the situation. They're not dealing with the case directly. But, I mean, this is all stuff that we always have to kind of keep our eyes on. I'm sure, you know, people are, you know, have either run out and picked Darius guys up already or are in the process of doing that whenever the next time their, uh, their waivers roll. But, I mean, be careful. I mean, me personally, if there's a settlement and he's, you know, able to play football again, are we, you know, what do we, what would we really think about that? Like, I mean, 
Darius guy struggled to stay healthy when he didn't have legal trouble and who knows what he's been doing this entire time he's been out of the league. And if he's anything like me, he's been eating cheeseburgers and watching Netflix. So, you know, that, you know, that's something you have to look at. So if Darius Geis is cleared and he is able to be signed by a team, are either one of you guys rushing to pick him up? Yeah, yeah, it's funny that this news dropped right before I came on because Darius Geis was like one of my hot take running back one picks last year. Like I had him everywhere and he killed me. He killed my dynasty teams. Um, I'm an anchor running back guy. So I like drafting one really good running back and then I just kind of fill in my team. That's how I build dynasty. And he was my anchor in a couple based on his ADP and kind of where he went. Like I really thought he was going to elevate himself in that offense. I just I, this is that moral ground, right? Like, uh, do you take this guy? And I'm usually a big like, hey, I'm here to win. But I just don't know if teams are going to see that knee. He's had those knee injuries. He's had this all this baggage. He's never really made it anywhere. Like, I think he'll get picked out, but I'm not rushing to it. Like, I might let someone else waste a spot or waste fab and, and do that. But I don't know if teams are even going to pick him up. Like, I, he's got so much baggage, just baggage. Yeah, I agree. I think that like. He's somebody that I would pick up if I could get him for zero or one dollar mm-hmm. um, just to see what happens before the season. Um, but I'm not going to be somebody who's bidding a lot. Um, it's just not worth it to me because for the exact reasons that he hasn't shown it when he has played. Um, as much as I also liked him, Kevin, uh, coming out and um, <laughs> he was definitely a guy that I had added in a lot of places and he was so likable on social media. So it's just crazy, like kind of how the, you know, everything got flipped, but, um, you know, I, I still think his, his talents there. It's just that, you know, he hasn't shown, shown it enough. So he's going to come in as like a, you know, a guy, he's probably going to get suspended regardless, right? Because of this situation. So you're going to have to hold him on your roster for that. And then you, is, what's he going to be like a Cordero Patterson situation? You know, you bring him in and you hope he pops. And like, if not, you're the first guy getting cut. Um, so it's, it's worth the risk for $0 or one to me. But other than that, you know, it's just, you're going to be clogging a roster, especially if, you know, you have low roster um, limit in some of your leagues. Yeah. And, and, you know, we were all talking beforehand about betting and making bets and what we bet on and what we don't bet on. And I mean, that's, that's all we do in fantasy. That's all we do in dynasty is we make bets. And sometimes the bets are easy. We take good players and we know they're good. It's not, it's not really hard, but you know, these are one of these bets that, you know, it's almost like a Powerball ticket. Like, yeah, you only throw a dollar at it, but I mean, what are the odds of it actually really paying off for you, you know? And those are the bets that I normally don't like to make, you know. I will play Powerball every once in a while, but you know, on my fantasy teams, I take those uh long shots, real long shots and I usually just kind of avoid them. So, there you go. We had, you know, somebody I didn't think we would talk about today, Darius guys, we got him <laughs> in. So, before we get to the timeline, though, FF Arrowhead over here, he, he got us a question. Uh, Juju or Josh Jacobs in Dynasty? So I think that's actually a really good question, considering, you know, if you look at uh, if you look at Twitter, there's been a fair amount of hate to go around on both guys. <laughs> so um, 
Kev, since you're our uh, you're our guest, why don't you start us off here? Is it Juju or is it Josh Jacobs? Yeah, you can say that. Like Josh Jacobs' day was yesterday, right? I think on Twitter, everybody was talking about Josh Jacobs uh, yep. and Juju. And I, I actually like Juju a lot, but I'm going the running back uh, just because. Now I don't know if this is PPR, half PPR, whatever it is, but I still think Jacobs is a solid running back two option on that team. I think Kenyon Drake is overrated at best. I thought he was overrated last year. Uh, so I don't think he cuts into his workload as much as everybody keeps saying. I think that he can still be a running back too. Whereas Juju, you know, with those targets, I think Claypool takes a lot of his work away like we've talked about this year. I, I would And Big Ben's arm. I, I know there was a video of him throwing and someone said, look at that rocket. And he threw like 10 yards. I'm like, I don't know if that... <laughs> I don't know if that qualifies as a rocket anymore. Like maybe me, if I threw that, I would think that's a rocket. But uh, I, I, I worry about that offense. I think they're going to run more at Najee. So I would probably go Jacobs because he's the running back, and you can get a better wide receiver at Juju's ADP. And even if you're trading for him and doing those type of things, you can get a better wide receiver. All right, Bill, why is this Michigan guy wrong, and why are you taking Juju? <laughs> I'm probably not. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think this is going to be a theme that you hear from me throughout the year like once you hit a certain point with wide receivers they're a dime a dozen and yeah. I, I hate to say it but i mean juju's in that pile and so like i mean if you if you like him because of he's young and he's shown before you know i i dig it but josh jacobs is still rb2 in my opinion and like i think that you know the one thing that does concern me is his usage on third down i think they said that he had one target or something as a third down back, um, which is pretty, pretty bad. That that scares me that he's not even being utilized um, third down. And I mean, it was Jalen Richard and now Drake, who they're paying him like a guy who's going to, um, you know, be used. So that that is a concern, but he does show that he's reasonably efficient overall as a runner. So like, I mean, just to being able to get a running back that, you know, could be an RB2 because it falls off super quick at running back. So I'm totally, totally yeah. fine rolling the dice with, with Jacobs. Yeah, I'm going to make it three for three here. Um, I, I may be more concerned about Drake will do uh, than my, my co-host here, but – I mean, it's still – Bill has been saying it. Bill has been preaching it. And trust me, I'm in the choir saying amen. I mean, there, there's just wide receivers everywhere. I mean, yeah. I, I was listening to um, Dynasty Game Night. Shout out to, to our boy Rocky, who's the host over there. And, like, they, they talked about Michael Gallup's ADP is, like, 150 or 160 in Superflex. Like – something crazy and it's like we've seen michael gallup be at a wide receiver too <laughs> now obviously i know things are different now the cd lamb is there but like he can blow up in some games and you're getting him in the you know 13th 14th round like that's how deep wide receiver goes like tell me a 13th or 14th round running back that doesn't make you want to throw up in your mouth like you probably can't find one. So give me Josh Jacobs. Yeah. yeah, I think, you know, I think the the value will be depressed a little bit. But if you're telling me who has a better chance to be a running back one or a wide receiver one, I think Josh Jacobs has a much better chance of being an RB one 
than Juju has of being a wide receiver one. And I don't, I don't even think it's close. So give me Josh Jacobs. I mean, I'm definitely a running back or more valuable than wide receiver guy just because of scarcity. It's the same reason why we pump up, you know, the top three tight ends. Cause after that, you know, it's a whole lot of question marks and maybes. So uh, give me Josh Jacobs, FF Arrowhead. Hope this helped you out. Um, if it's a trade or something, go get yourself Josh Jacobs or go keep Josh Jacobs if you got him. So now that we did that, we're going to go to what we saw in the timeline because honestly, uh, that's what we do best on this show. So the first one here is from Z2 at Z2 Fantasy. Give me Ryan Tannehill over Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, and Russell Wilson. Yes, I said it. We're usually dynasty centric here, but I did want to I did want to shout out that he says later on in his thread, this is only for redraft. But I, I want to talk about both because you know we usually go dynasty, but uh, we're we're hitting the biggest redraft uh, tournament in the world, mm-hmm. uh, the Scott Fishbowl SFB eleven. Um. So we have to have a little bit of that that redraft mindset because if we're trying to be as successful as we can possibly be, uh, we need to kind of change gears when we uh, when we draft on that. So, Bill, let's start with you. Are you taking Ryan Tannehill over those three guys in redraft, and then tell me if you feel the same way in dynasty? Man. Um... So I, I think I can I can see where they are coming from. Um, do I feel like I that Tannehill is somebody I want to go into the season as like my QB one? I'm not sure. I mean, he is pretty efficient, and I mean, I would expect them to be passing the ball more, so I like it. I mean, he I don't recall like how much rushing he got last year, but it's at least adequate. Um, I think I can get somebody that could a little later that might not be Ryan Tannehill, but might be like Ryan Tannehill light. So I would much rather go with a guy who can run a lot. So I think I would prefer Jalen Hurts just to see what happens. Cause that could be a huge game changer, um, just cause of the rushing. Um, and this is redraft. So I, I, I Burrow, I get like why you might not want him because he may not be fully back from his injury. Um, Russell Wilson, hit or miss kind of thing, and it's, it sounds like they're going to be rushing the ball more again this year. So I can see where you know the thought process is, and I don't hate it. Um, I think just if I'm going to grab somebody in that area, I'm probably going to grab Jalen Hurts just because of the the upside that I feel like he could. If he hits, he's going to hit huge. And then I could always pick somebody up a little bit later that's not going to be that much worse than Tannehill. All right, Kevin, what do you think? Yeah, I know, Toby, when he saw this. And at first I was like, man, what are you talking about? And then I kind of I, I looked at it a little closer. And I'm on. I'm kind of with Bill like in terms of like the Konami code, Jalen Hurts. Like he's, he's probably going to get 10 to 12 carries a game, right? Like he, legitimately we could see him having – a legitimate rushing season this year where you're like, man, he got 10 carries this game. Kind of like Kyler Murray does at Arizona 
Uh, and you see that with those RPOs and everything that they're going to run there, read options. So I was looking at it like, you know, I like Hertz, but he's boomer bust. He's pretty big boomer bust, and their ADP is really close, according to four for four for a redraft. So uh, to me, I think Tannehill is a safer play in terms of if you want to draft one of those guys, whereas Hertz is the ceiling guy. And I'm a ceiling guy because I like to gamble, like we talked about. Like, I love it. that's how you win, especially in like the Scott Fishbowl. You're going to have to take something with so many people in the in there so and even in regular redraft that's where you're at but to you know bill's point i would probably skip Tannehill anyway and take like kirk cousins who's going 10 picks later like as qb 20 just based yes. on value like that's probably what i do because if you look at last year like yeah Tannehill finishes qb 7 but kirk cousins finishes qb 11 so there's not really a discrepancy. There's only three or two points per game difference uh, in their finishes. So, like, there's not a huge discrepancy there. So if I'm not taking Hurts, I'll just wait. Then I will take uh, Kirk Cousins later and just kind of roll with him. That's kind of how I look at that. All right, Bill. So before before I give my answer on this question, I, I need to learn how to do graphics because I want to create a Kirk Cousins counter that we could just <laughs> – because we just we keep zinging Kirk Cousins on this show. We love that man, and we we we. It's put not him a bias up. on my part either, being a Spartan. We put him up as much as we can. Uh, I joked around with with Rocky again. Rocky's getting a lot of love on this episode too. In the DAP chat, I said, "Rocky, hey, you got to stop. Uh, you got to stop saying so many good things about Kirk Cousins. I don't want people to start drafting him higher. You know, I like getting that Kirk Cousins a little bit later. So don't talk about him as much. But then." We end up every week kind of getting a Kirk Cousins shout out on, and it's usually not from us, even though we both love them. Usually, our guests are uh, pro Kirk Cousins people, and trust me, it's not someone that we, uh, not a question we ask before we have guests on the show. But obviously, uh, <laughs> it's part of the questionnaire. We find we find like minded individuals. Um, so Ryan Tannehill for redraft, I actually like him um, a lot. I would like him above everyone except for Russell Wilson. And I know everyone's going to say Russell Wilson is hit or miss. Yes, he is. I think in Seattle, and this may be crazy talk, this might be hot take-ish, but, uh, you know, I think they're going to try to pass the ball a little bit more. I mean, they used their first pick on a wide receiver with DK and Tyler Lockett in-house already you know, which is kind of strange from a team that always talks about, we want to run the ball. We love to run the ball. We're just going to run the ball some more. So I think they, they may have seen that, you know, when Russ was cooking, uh, they were winning. And then when Pete Carroll, for some reason said, I don't like all this passing and they toned it down, they lost games. We'll see what happens. So, I mean, I think I would put Tannehill in front of, uh, Hertz and Burrow, uh, not Russ in dynasty, man, like I, I, I could make a case because he's proven with, you know, just one wide receiver, just with AJ Brown, he could be a top 10 guy every year. And now he's got Julio who, I mean, this isn't Julio 10 years ago, but he can still do some things on the field when he's healthy, you know, big win, but when he's healthy. So, I could I could make the case because I don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to be, you know, a starting quarterback in 2022. You know, Joe Burrow, I, you know, I think he I think he could be a stud. But God, I hope that offensive line is at least 
adequate. I'm not going to say good because that would be insulting good offensive linemen, but adequate enough to just keep him upright and keep him from getting injured. Um, so, yeah, I could see Ryan Tannehill in that situation for Dynasty. For redraft, I'd still take uh, I'd still take Russ, but, I mean, I kind of like it. You know, I saw that first, and I kind of did what Kevin did. I was like, man, what is, this? what is he talking about? And then after I sat down and really thought about it, I was like, you know what? I kind of get it. Like, I, I can see where he's coming from, and you can you can make the case semi-easily about why you would – you would take Tannehill over all of them, even in, in redraft. So, you know. So I didn't answer the dynasty part, but for me, that's Burrow by a mile. Um, he's the guy I'm going to want out of those four um, for dynasty. Like, and it's actually not close at all. Yeah. Kevin, you hear, yeah. The, you hear this Michigan State guy over here? Yeah, I mean, I would probably, I'd probably go there too. I, I will say, I just wrote an article for Patron for Dynasty Rewind, and I looked at Tannehill and I said, this actually is the time to sell Tannehill. Like, I, his value is probably as high as you can go, except for the la- the first five games he plays the Cardinals, Seahawks, Colts, Jets, Jaguars. So he probably will probably have a good three or four games there. So his value might tick up a little bit. So if you're willing to wait, but he's getting traded right now. Like him and Tyreek Hill just got traded for Trevor Lawrence and two first. If you're oh. rebuilding. Yeah, you that's get a, a beaut. You get that's a piece a nice like call. Lawrence, and I found on DLF if you if you're on it, it's a great resource. And then he also got traded straight up for Deshaun Watson. So if you so obviously a rebuilding team and a contending team, if you can get a guy like Deshaun, that's kind of how you dynasty. So like I think yeah. his value has started to creep up to where in dynasty, I'm gonna look to unload right unless I'm a contender, if I, unless I feel like I'm right there, like I have him on a contending team and I'm gonna keep him, but I think that now it's time to sell Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I agree with that. That's actually a really good point because, I mean, his his value right now is higher than his performance last year. And so, yeah. like, what are we expecting on top of, you know, that? So if you can get more than what you could last year, just do it. Yeah. There, I mean, like, you know, again, just like Kevin said, if you go to, go to one of those guys that's in the 18 to 20 range that is, like, being drafted later than they ought to be. Who, who would one of those guys be for you? Bro? I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a uh, former uh, Michigan State quarterback, possibly? It might be. It might be. Okay. All right. We'll leave it at, we'll leave it at that. David or Derek Carr, whatever his name is. <laughs> the Carr guy. Uh all right, so this next one is for is from, excuse me, Thomas Christopher at Thomas CP underscore NFL. I'm planning my flag on this. Cam Akers will not be an RB1 this season. Book it. He says, book it. We got we got a lot of people kind of going against the grain this week, and I like it. Um, so Rocky's probably cheering from, from his chair or his car, wherever he's listening to the podcast, because he has been on the, hey, Cam Akers might be a little overrated train. Uh, I think he's actually the conductor of that train. But um, Kevin, why don't, why don't we start with you? Are you are you buying this, or are you all aboard Cam Akers? 
Uh, I have my foot in the water for Cam Akers, but I'm timid because I think that he is, his ADP has creeped up to like 111 in redrafts. And so mm-hmm. you're, you're now you're drafting him as your running back one. And that worries me because I liked it better when I could get him as a running back two, because I think he's going to put up running back two numbers. Like he won't disappoint you at that running back two price, but this kind of has shades of like Miles Sanders at the beginning of the end of the first, like last year. Like, oh, well, we know Sanders is going to get that volume. We know Sanders is going to get that. So I'm hesitant to say that he's going to be a running back one, but I think it's going to be very close just because of – if you look at what McVay did with, like, Gurley, and I know Gurley was really good, but when you looked what he did, he was a workhorse, and he said, hey, we're going to have a running back one. He didn't split time. He's not a really a coach that splits time. And I think last year if, if Akers wouldn't have got hurt, it would have been the same thing. He would have gave the ball to Akers, and you looked at what he was able to do. I think that he can still do that. Malcolm Brown's not there. Daryl Henderson is there, but he's more of a change of pace, red zone guy. He'll vulture some touchdowns from Akers, so I do worry about that a little bit. Uh, but I'm timid. I don't like where he's at right now. So I don't think it's as book it solid as as my boy uh, Thomas pointed out on Twitter, and he gave you that, but it's very close. So I don't know if this is a hot take, but it's 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 clearly a it, it's a, a lukewarm take. All right, Bill. Yeah, I mean, I could see there being a lot of these second year running backs. I said this, uh, I think, on Junkies and uh, when we were on there, and I could see where there's some some second year running backs that people are surprised that they're not as uh, impressive as you know uh, we hope. And I think that a lot of that is hope. And, you know, I what Kevin said about, you know, the being the bell cow, like, I hope that's the case. I mean, we saw it at the end of the year. Um, but I always get really hesitant when we see players at the end of the year performing well, whether it's because they've been off, so they're rested going up against tired defenses. Um I'm always worried about that. We, we've seen it year after year where the guy blows up that last part of the season. Kenyon Drake a couple of years ago. I mean, that was a huge one. And last year, everybody was like, not everybody, but like a lot of people were on the Kenyon Drake train going into the season. And, um, you know, we saw it happen. And it was just he came in, rested. You know, he hadn't played much. And then all of a sudden, he just smashes. So um, Acres kind of gives me that vibe a little bit. It worries me somewhat. I mean, I, I would argue, of course, that he's more talented than Drake. But uh, at the same point, I can't bank on what he did at the end of the season. So, um, and, and and Henderson is a concern. So, um, ultimately, I think, you know, he based on the amount of touches he's going to get, I think he should be an RB1. But... I don't think anything will stun me if like, it wouldn't stun me if he's not. So if you're watching this right now, I want you to get real close to your so screen. Put me on the fence, I guess. Right. <laughs> put you. <laughs> if you're watching this right now, I want you to get real close to your screen. If you're listening to this, put this up to your ear. Thomas Christopher, that man is right. That, that man knows what he's talking about. It sound sounds hot takey when you type it on Twitter. But listen, Cam Akers, yes, he blew up last couple games of the years. Then he went into the playoffs, blew up in the playoffs. But guess what? Darrell Henderson was doing the same thing before he got hurt. He was pretty much doing what Cam Akers was doing. And I think Sean McVay, he got himself 
a little bit little Matt Stafford. He was like, I need to upgrade uh, the quarterback. They drafted two wide receivers, including Tutu Atwell in the second, which I, I'm not going to comment on that. But, you know, they still have uh, Van Jefferson from last year. I think there's going to be a lot of passing going on. I think that, you know, Sean McVay has not been able to keep in his love for Matt Stafford. He's calling him a bad MFer. You know, he's, you know, he, he, he can't even keep it in his pants when he talks about Matt Stafford. So I think you're going to see a Same. lot more. Well, yeah, you, you, it was out of your pants for a while in Detroit. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, it could, could, could take you uh, to the promised land, Bill, but. You know. I mean, I'm not blaming him. <laughs> that, that's a good point. Um, but I think they're gonna. I think they want to pass even more. I mean, they've kind of built the offense to pass a little bit more, and I do think it's gonna be a split. I mean, I know what Todd Gurley is, and Todd Gurley during his peak was Hall of Fame. Now, if you're telling me you think that Cam Akers during his peak. Is going to be Hall of Fame? Okay. I mean, I, I can I can listen to the argument, but I think, you know, while Cam Akers may get the uh, majority, uh, you know, I think it'll be more like a, a 60-40 or 65-35. And if, uh, like Kevin said, Darrell Henderson is vulturing those touchdowns, that could cap him a little bit. So, yeah, I, I think there are a lot of guys who don't have – the obstacles in their way, uh, including some, you know, some second year guys in that class that could uh, that could peek into the top 12 this year. So, yeah, I'm actually I'm with Thomas Christopher here. I don't think it's going to be uh, an RB1 season for Cam this year, you know, but hey, who knows? Maybe maybe Cam proves me wrong uh, and he, he puts it in my face. But, you know. I don't I don't think it I don't think it's gonna happen. So let's uh let's hit the next one here. Uh it's just fantasy at it's just fantasy underscore. Am I the only one who thinks John Brown is being slept on right now? Uh the quick answer is no. But um uh, considering I think the last three podcasts I've listened to, I think I've heard somebody talk about John Brown. <laughs> so I don't think people are sleeping on him. But what what do you guys, Bill, we'll start with you. What do you guys think about John Brown this season with the Raiders? Is he is he someone that you might be looking to acquire or is this somebody you're just kind of like, ah, I'll pass? Well, I don't think his price is that high. So I think that like, you know, he's a guy that I'm willing to take, you know, a chance on. Um but yeah, I mean, God, I don't even know how to answer this question. Like, I don't think he's being slept on because I think everybody's so down on rugs and so down on Edwards to a point that, like, people are going, oh, he's got the job because rugs struggled a bit last year, you know? And I, I think that that's probably a, um, a good thing if you're looking to add one of these young wide receivers. Um, but, like, I don't know. I don't think he's being slept on. I, I've... I've heard more people talk about him in a positive light because we've seen him. We saw him do it last year. Um, that, like, I think that the people that are being slept on are the other receivers. 
What about you, Kevin? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, I was looking at this and I was like, I, I think Henry Ruggs is going to get more involved. I, whatever Brian Edwards, I know that the analytical guys love him. So, I, And I don't know anything about analytics, so I'll be the first to say, hey, that's cool. Uh, but I, I think that he's going to get a little bit more play there. And I think they look at those vacated targets from Nelson Aguilar. Um, and like Peter Howard always talks about, the vacated targets aren't real. And it's kind of to the point, though. Like, it's legit. Like, Yes, Algalar got 82 targets last year, but that doesn't mean John Brown's going to get half of those targets. Like, that's true. Like, he's got to earn those things, and Waller's going to be there still. And I was looking at, before we went, I was looking at the ADP of who you could get in startups. I think I'd rather take Tyrell Williams from Detroit just because of, hey, you know what? You get a guy that maybe Jared Goff can find. I don't know if you're going to be able to find him. He's 29. He's not a terrible wide receiver. He might actually be the leading target getter on that team if, if, if with Hawkinson there. So you realistically could maybe see more targets from Williams, whereas Brown's got to earn a little bit more. They have draft capital and other wide receivers. Really, the only draft capital in Detroit is Amon Ra, and he's still going to be battling Tyrell Williams, who's going to get a starting nod there. So I would actually probably want to take it, but that makes me want to throw up my mouth too. Like these, None of these options make me like excited. Like I'm not – saying they're going to win your league, but I don't think anybody's really sleeping on John Brown. I think everybody knows about John Brown, but I'd rather take Tyra Williams. And now I'm going to go drink a little bit of some Coors Light or something. Cause well, and you get, him, you get him for nothing. Like you can yeah. literally get him for nothing. So yeah, I don't hate that actually. I actually want to, uh, I want to make like three or four separate copies of what Kevin just said. <laughs> and then we'll just replace Tyrell's name and we'll put another Lions wide receiver name in there. <laughs> because literally I think there's like three or four guys on that roster that could be the leading target getter that Jared Goff can maybe find. <laughs> like, it's going to be DeAndre Swift. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, but I mean, you know, you might be able to say that about Brashad Perriman or I'm on Ross Satan. You're not going to say, I will. <laughs> hey, this might be our Trey Sermon, but the opposite direction. Oh, listen, I'm, I would never, never in my life put any kind of stakes on relying on Brashad Perriman. That, that's for dang sure. I'm just saying you got a whole bunch of, you could throw all those names in the air catch one out of the sky and they they could do the same thing. So, I mean, the Lions wide receiver core is interesting to say the least, but, you know, going, going back to John Brown, it's been funny. I've seen this tweet the last few days and I don't know if somebody started it and now everyone's just picking up and going with it. But, you know, there's like, there's not sleepers anymore. Like this isn't, you know, 2005 where it's like, you know, not a ton of people are, are doing work in the fantasy football space. You know, maybe it's Matt Barry and a couple other guys and that's it. You know, jokers like me have a podcast now, you know, every, you know, you, you end up talking about everybody at some point. Everybody. We talk, we talk about Tyrell Williams, right, you know, right. You know, I mentioned, Sorry, Brashad, I mentioned Brashad Perriman. Like these are guys that like, we we know about and we may not be highly versed in all their ins and outs but john brown is is you know to say he's being slept on you know would would be like he's some undrafted free agent you know out of you know north dakota state that nobody has ever heard of that comes out and catches 50 balls like john brown uh, you know could be wide receiver 1 in vegas and i think a lot of people can 
you know, build a narrative to that and build it kind of easily. He takes over the Nelson Aguilar role, blah, 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 blah. Um, I do agree with Kevin on the fact that I do think the Raiders are going to try to get Ruggs and Edwards more involved this year. Um, Obviously, they use the first and a third round pick on those two guys. So obviously, those are not picks you want to see just sitting on the bench or being decoys in a game. You want to, you know, try to get them involved and try to get them as a part of your team. So, you know, is John Brown being slept on? No, but let's face it, nobody's being slept on anymore. I mean, you know, during rookie season, we're, you know, we're talking about the, you know, the Nico Collins and the Dwayne Eskridges of the world. Like it, we, we, we talk about all these guys at one point or another. So, uh, no, nah, he's not being slept on, you know, but honestly, what do you, what do you think his, his high end is, you know, like, a you know, a mid to low end wide receiver too. I mean, I think that's his, I think that's his ceiling. You know, I don't think he can really creep into wide receiver one or high wide receiver two territory just because, I mean, I'm probably going to bank on him being injured a couple games. So what do you guys think? Yeah, if he if he even got close to a wide receiver three, I would be kind of shocked. Uh, yeah, just because I have more talent, like more ideas of like rookie. I really feel like Ruggs is going to do a little bit better there. I think Waller's still going to lead that team at targets. So I'd be I'd be very surprised if he was there. But to your point, we really need football back because I remember this time last year we were talking about Joe Reed from the Chargers, weren't we? Like, oh, uh-huh. he's going to be that breakout guy. Everybody, you got to draft him. And then Joe Reed like had ten catches. Uh, yep. So I think that's. We just need football. Like, I'm dying right now. Like, I got to get some new content. Because when I start seeing these <laughs> tweets about John Brown, I'm just like, I got to, I got to, I got to log off. I can't do it. Like, yeah, I was, I, I almost tweeted something out today. Like, we argue about wide receiver threes and wide and running back threes so much that it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Like, it, it when it comes down to it, these aren't the guys that are going to be winning your championships. They're just not. <laughs> so, you're not, you're not, uh, you're not arguing about the, uh, the Wayne Gallmans of the world. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> not, not, not how you like to spend your time, huh? <laughs> this is why I like Debbie, because I could talk about college guys and, and, and at this time and start talking about prospects and stuff. Like, it's way better than talking about John Brown. Like, it's just too- <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why, uh, yeah, maybe we just need to have Debbie guys on for, like, the summer. There you go. Like until we, August, you know. Hey, we're, we're struggling too. Like, don't get me wrong. You, we did a mascot show the other night. Like, we're 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 dying inside too. So, uh, so Kevin, since you were you talking about mascots, uh, who has the the better mascot, Michigan or Michigan State? Oh my State? god, <laughs> there's not even a a question in that one. I will say Michigan State's mascot is kind of overrated. Like, let's, oh! let's let, we we just, I mean. Uh. Have you met a Wolverine? Like a Wolverine would eat your ass. Like a Wolverine is legit. Like mascot. Michigan I'm, State, you guys, you guys got a good mascot. Like you're all right. I mean, I, the literal mascot is much better at Michigan State than Michigan's. Yes. Like Michigan's mascot is like a bear or something. I don't <laughs> yeah, even know I, what it is. So, <laughs> like, that's fair. That's a fair yeah. point. You guys have like, like I mean, mascot. okay, yeah, like a Wolverine would probably eat like a you know human, but like. That's okay. Like, but yeah, just as a mascot, like, I mean, there's some really bad mascots in the Big Ten. Like, yeah. I would say Sparty is one of the better mascots out there. I mean, look, there's a but lot I of am biased. 
a lot of bad mascots all, all over college football. So. Like, I mean, Syracuse is like just an orange. So, <laughs> like, I mean, Penn State's is awful. Like, the Bucknut, like, that's ridiculous. Uh, so, yeah, there's some bad ones. Uh, uh, all, all, all my Penn State followers, that's at Super Duper Flex. Uh, I do not. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's like literally like a onesie that I see at a rave. Like, that's what it is. So, like, Brian Hart is going to drive to Detroit and whoop your ass, man. I'm just telling you right now. He knows I'm right. He knows it. Har, I am fucking right. So, Ooh, boy. Uh, Brian Har, I do not, uh, I do not uh, endorse this message. Uh, you know. Looks like a teddy bear from like 1950. Oh, oh, oh man. Um, it does look a little messed up. I'll be honest. Like when you, when you see that thing, it's a little scary looking like, and not in a good way. Like, no. like hey, did, you, did you get hit? Are you roadkill? Like what is happening to you right now? <laughs> they've been, they've been using the same, uh, the same uh, costume for over a hundred years. Yeah. yeah. They've used it with Joe Paterno. They just never left it. They're like, oh yeah, we started this tradition and now we're just going to keep rolling with it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. See, Kevin, we can get into mascot talk too. I mean, hey. listen, it, we won't even talk about whatever uh, Ohio State has going on. That's either. what I'm talking but, about. The Bucknut. Yeah. It's just the weirdest thing. You know, Ohio. Who else has got Wisconsin's is no good. Yeah, it's a badger. I mean, but the yeah. costume itself is is terrible. I mean, a, yeah. a badger could kind of be badass if you wanted it to mm-hmm. be, but I mean, that costume they use, you know, takes all the badass out of it. So. Maybe one day, Bill, we'll do we'll do a, a mascot ranking show. We'll, we'll. I mean, I think we just did. <laughs> no, we just did the. We just did the Big Ten. I'm not gonna lie though. I do love those um, those mascot commercials. Sometimes you know they they can do some pretty good commercials. They with can that. be funny so, when they want to yeah. be. I will. I will admit that they can be funny when they want to be. All right. So now that now that the uh, the mascot segment of the show is over, uh, let's let's hit the next one here. From uh, Dan Turner at Eagle Dan FF, we're going back to the Rams. Matt Stafford is going to be a top five fantasy quarterback this year. Uh, Kev, we'll have you go first because we know Bill is going to agree his Detroit Lions uh, love is just too much, even though Matt Stafford is now on the L.A. Rams. So we'll let you go first. Um, you buying this? You selling this? What do you think about this? Yeah, I think it's gonna. I think he'll be a QB one, but I, I I have him more in like the ten to twelve range. Like I think I like my rushing upside with my quarterbacks, and with what you saw last year, I, I really think that's kind of where we're going to be in that top category. Murray, Allen, Mahomes, Aaron was in there in the four, and then Russell Wilson, kind of Deshaun, and then you had Tannehill, Brady, those type of guys. I think Lamar will jump back up. I'm actually kind of on the Lamar train. I like Stafford though. I do think he's a low end quarterback one. I was high on him last year, and he burned the hell out of me. So I do have a little bias, I'll be honest, because I was really high. I've been high on him his whole career, but I really thought he could finish as that high-end QB1 last year, and then that whole thing just crumbled. Uh, so I, I do I do like it. I just want to be hesitant on that. I, I think he can be, but I, I'm going to put him down in the lower tier of those quarterbacks just because of the rushing upside. Kevin, I, I like how you, uh, you didn't want to put uh... – Bad karma on him. You didn't mention Dak in, in the uh, in the QB one discussion, but but I'll mention him because uh, he he's gonna as long as he stays healthy, he's gonna be up there. He's he's probably gonna be a top five guy. So um, I agree. No. I think he's. I think he, I think Dak could be a QB one. That's my hot take. I mean, 
Last I mean, with with all the volume, I mean, there's a very decent possibility. So, like, if he's throwing 700 passes, like, <laughs> you know, with that defense, he he's that gonna defense have trash. to. The defense <laughs> is trash. He's gonna have to. Yes. Every week's gonna be a shootout when you play the Dallas Cowboys. I don't care who you are. Worst worst team in the league is gonna put up a, a bunch of points on that defense. So, uh, yeah. Um, but. I think, you know, this is one of those things where, yes, I think Matt Stafford has the ability, and I think he's going to be part of an offense that could propel him to be a top-five quarterback. But at the end of the day, um, I don't think I don't think it's going to happen. You know, I, lo- I mean, I've been with Kevin. I love Stafford since day one. Uh, for some reason, there was like a like five-year period where it was like cool to call him trash. I don't know why, because he always produced. Um but, you know, like you said, the, you know, the Russian QBs, you know, the, you got, you got, um, man, Mahomes, you got Josh Allen, you have Kyler, you have, you know, Dak can run a little bit, you know, all those guys, I, I think, you know, occupy, you know, the top five spots, you know, if Lamar kind of bounces back a little bit, he can, you know, he's proven it before. Um, yeah. But I do think Matt Stafford can be in that like eight to twelve territory. Uh, like I said earlier, I think they're going to throw a ton, which is one of the reasons why I'm a little bit lower on Cam Akers. But you know, they, you know, uh, Sean McVay finally has like the the guy that he feels like can unlock his offense. So if that's true, if Matt Stafford is that guy, and he's not just kind of building an offense to hide Jared Goff's weaknesses. Um, yeah, I mean, they they took Tutu Atwell in the second round. They signed Deshaun Jackson. So obviously, like, part of this offense is going deep and, uh, you know, with guys that can, you know, not only have speed but can get open. I mean, he, I, mean I think – the, I think the chance is there, but I don't think it'll happen. I think he's more in that 8 to 12 territory. But, I mean, if Matt Stafford can stay healthy, man, he, you are going to love having him on, on your fantasy team this year. All right, Bill, tell us how much you love Matt Stafford. <laughs> so I don't think he'll be a top five quarterback. I think that the way that the, it's going to be set up is, like, he would have to be, like, an uber efficient, yeah. like, high volume quarterback to do that just because he does not run the ball and like the reason he was able to do that with Detroit back in the day was a there wasn't as many running quarterbacks and b they were a terrible team with a terrible defense and c Dak Prescott and so you do that he doesn't have that situation going in with LA like he has good defense games are going to be you know, there's not going to be as much volume as I think that maybe you think, Josh. Like, at least that's the way I see it. Like, I think there will be less volume passing. He may be efficient, but he's going to have to be, like, crazy stupid efficient to end up being a, a top-five quarterback. So, I mean, he'll be who he is. Like, he's going to be – he's going to make that team better, I have zero doubt, because he is a very good quarterback, and he can make every throw. But I just don't think he's going to have to make as many throws every game. They take the lead. They take air out of the ball, and he's not getting all those passes. So, like, they might be prolific in efficiency, but I'm not necessarily sure that you're going to have enough volume for him to 
consistently put up the points that you need to to be a a top half, you know, yeah. QB one. So, um, yeah, but I I have little doubt that you know he is a QB one overall, um, just because he's probably one of the best quarterbacks that doesn't run. So I I was looking this up while you were talking because you know I thought it was interesting the the point you brought up about the amount of passing attempts. So last year the Rams had 590 passing attempts. Mm. Pretty pretty good amount. Now if Matt Stafford can stay healthy for 17 games, I mean is 620 really out of the question. And then at that point, you know, what can Matt Stafford do with 620 passing attempts? So I think, yes, that's unlikely. And the reason I say that I think it's unlikely is because he's going to be, the ADOT is going to be so much further down the field and they're not going to be all these like little dump passes and all of that, that you expect out of Jared Goff. So like, I think we're going to see a much deeper ADOT. And so I think we're going to see less passes overall because of that. Now, last year, Matt Stafford was 12th in the league with 528 passing attempts. So even if we even if let's bring it down a lot, I just said 620. What if it's just 550 with the way Sean McVay runs an offense, which is going to be a a lot nicer than whatever the hell Matt Patricia was trying to pull off last year. Um, I mean. I don't think he'll be top five, but I at least I at least want to kind of bring up some of the numbers where we could maybe see him getting into that top five ish area. So, you know, hey, Bill, Bill is uh, I think Bill's just going the other way because I, I made fun of his uh, lines love a little bit. He didn't want to seem like uh, he didn't want to seem like the Matt Stafford guy. But, yeah, I mean, 550 and actually. Funny enough, Jared Goff had 552 attempts last year. So yeah. if we yeah. think he's head and shoulders above Jared Goff, I mean, he might be able to do a lot with 550 to 560 passing attempts. By the way, I still think it's going to be more than the 590 they had last year. So um, I think it'll be close. I think it depends on touchdowns, right? Like I think uh, Michael Clay, I think had him at like 24 or 25, somewhere around there. I think if they can get up to 30. I yeah. think he could start sneaking his way up topper. But if he stays in that 25 to 28 range uh, or 27 range, I think he's like 10 to 12. So I think it's going to be touchdown dependent a little bit for him. So, and he had, he had 26 last year. Yeah. And that was, that was with him missing time during certain games. And he was in, yeah. he was out. So, you know, uh, Jared Goff only had 20 last year, if I'm reading this correctly. Yes, I am. 20 last year. So, um, so bad, but it, you know, it, it's amazing because you're talking about, you know, like Russell Wilson had 558 passing attempts, 40 touchdowns. Like, and I'm not saying that Matt Stafford needs to be at that like 550 and 40, but man, like Josh Allen had like 37, 38. You know, all these guys that are approaching 600 passing attempts are above 30. So like you said, Kevin, I think 30 would um, would be where he would need to be at to, to think about being in that top five territory. So 
we got this one here from uh, Britt Sanders at the FF Sandman. Which handcuff do you want in a redraft league? We got Tony Pollard, Alexander Madison, AJ Dillon, or Gus Edwards. So there's there's no lions in this one. So Bill, why don't you go first? Uh, uh, which uh, which backup would you want out of these four? Probably for the highest ranked uh, handcuffs. Yeah. So I mean, I would be definitely picking a player that is not a handcuff to one of my running backs. Um, so first and foremost. So let's say I have none of the starters. Um, I mean, I love Pollard. Like, I, I just think in that offense with that high volume and his efficiency, like, I really like him. Um, Madison, you know, he didn't necessarily show up sometimes. So, like, that, I kind of rule him out. A.J. Dillon, still an unknown. Um, so, really, for me, it's between Pollard and Gus Edwards. Gus can be kind of standalone a little bit. Um but if something happens to Dobbins, I mean, he is the guy. Granted, he's not going to catch a lot of passes, so that's going to bring me right back to Pollard. Um, so for me, I think it's Pollard um, pretty easily, even though he's third in this poll, uh, but close to first and second. Um, but I do have a bias. I've always liked him. I've drafted him in so many leagues. He's on a lot of my teams. Um, I just feel like if – if he gets the opportunity he and he has shown that he can put up some serious points. So, um, yeah, I think it's pretty much Pollard pretty easily for me. All right, Kevin, you're going to, you're welcome. Cowboys. You're going to go, you're going to go with uh Cowboys on Tony Pollard or you got another take on this? No, because I think, I think Tony Pollard is overrated uh, to an extent. Like if Zeke goes down, Tony Pollard is a smash guy. So like to Bill's credit, yeah, he's hundred percent correct there. And I do think he's going to get more receiving work, even though McCarthy's offense is a pain in the ass. And I don't know why they don't use him more in the receiving, oh. receiving game, even Zeke, but Zeke gets too many targets. Uh, yeah. Stop giving it to Zeke. Give it to Pollard. That's I, whatever. Well, I'm not going to go to the Cowboys. I could talk crap about the Cowboys all day and McCarthy, but I'm going to go Gus Bus. And the only reason why I like Gus is because I think his ADP is drastically low. The last time I looked and I saw it, he has he didn't play more than 50% of snaps last year. Yet he still got 17 basically in, from the 10 yard line to the to the end zone. 17 more carries than than J.K. Dobbins. So he definitely gets it in the red zone when Mark. Ingram left, you saw his he had 24 red zone carries and five touchdowns after Mark Ingram's not there. So they do like to give it to Gus in the in the red zone. They really look like that. And what's sad is those 24 red zone carries was exactly the amount Miles Sanders got last year. So Gus, weeks eight to seventeen, got the same amount of red zone carries that Miles did the whole season. So I do think they give it to him in those red zones. He averages 2.6 yards after contact, which is puts him out there with Chubb and Henry. So when you're thinking of these names that you're hearing with Gus, I think he's the most valuable kind of standalone guy that he's kind of like, he could be a running back three, kind of like Kareem Hunt and uh, Nick Chubb. Like if you're in a pinch and you need a flex guy, you might start Gus and hope he scores a touchdown. If you're in a deeper league, hey, maybe he'll get those red zone carries. Uh, and he's going to eat into Dobbins. Like, I feel like I don't like to handcuff my running back. So I don't know how you guys feel about that. Like I really don't. I, I try not to. I, the only exception I might have in redraft this year is if you draft Dobbins because of Gus's ADP being kind of so low, 
it's almost worth it to grab Edwards. Like you almost have to kind of target Edwards towards the end because if, if he gets her, Edwards is a smash play, obviously, but he, they still have value. So um, I'm, I'm mad at both you guys because uh, I didn't know how to go between uh, Tony Pollard and Gus Edwards. <laughs> and then both you guys made really good arguments. So now I'm stuck in the same spot uh, as when I first read the question. So you're so, going AJ Dillon? Yeah, yeah go AJ Dillon. Let's give us our AJ Dillon take right now. All right, so AJ Dillon, uh, he's got big quads, um, <laughs> and that's the breakdown of AJ Dillon. I like big quads. That listen, everyone's got big quads this time this time of year, man. You, you'll get a picture of every running back's quads by the time uh, August comes around. But Bill, I think you made good points on why it's not Madison and why it's not Dylan. Uh, Dylan is just too much of an unknown. And let's face it, Green Bay really likes Aaron Jones because they had a chance just to vault A.J. Dylan right there, not re-sign Aaron Jones, and they they did. So obviously they like him a lot. Uh, Alexander Madison, you hit it on the head. There were games where you thought he was a smash play. He was going to be a RB1 for the week, and it just didn't pan out. Um, Man. And I was back and forth between Tony Pollard and I have a, I have a special spot in my heart for Tony Pollard because uh, he has a I had star to, on his helmet. Uh, no, uh, actually not because of that, because of fantasy. I'm teasing um, you. He um, he he got me into the finals with his uh, with his amazing performance against San Francisco, where he uh, he went for like 79 on the ground and 69 in the air or something like that. Three touchdowns. Every time I looked up, Tony Pollard was doing something. And Kevin's right. It's infuriating when you watch the Cowboys offense and you're like, let's just let Zeke sit on the bench for like a series or two. And let's just let Pollard kind of bring some energy into this thing when it gets a little stale, but that doesn't happen. Um, all right. I'm, I'm going to go with Kevin. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with the Gus bus. I'm going to get on, let's take a ride on the Gus bus. Um, and it's because I think he has some of that standalone value. I think he yeah, can sure he does. can have weeks where even with J.K. Dobbins playing, that he can uh, be a good flex play, maybe even be be an okay RB two for your team. And I don't think Tony Pollard has that unless Zeke gets injured during the game. And at that point, you probably didn't start Tony Pollard anyway. So what's the use, you know? Um, so, but I like both guys a lot. And that, that was, a, that was a hard one for me because I was like, and I was hoping polls, you guys would agree on someone and then I could go the other way because I like, hey I like them both equally. <laughs> so. Um, so, and the poll was pretty close between Pollard, Madison and Gus Edwards, or I'm sorry, Dylan and Edwards, not Madison. So yeah. Dylan and Edwards were actually higher than Pollard. So I don't know. I, I think Madison's still kind of running or no, AJ Dillon. God, I'm effing this up. So, AJ Dillon. I mean, I just I'm. Let's actually talk about him for a second. Like, let's do it. Do you like? He's exciting. He's interesting. You know, uh, Williams isn't there anymore, so like he kind of falls into that spot. But Williams was much more of a pass catcher. So like, what's his role? Like, I mean, is he going to be the between the twenties guy? And then you know, but there's Aaron Jones. So like what, what does he offer you without Aaron Jones being hurt? 
And and that's my concern. Um, and he's not a pass catcher. So, like, I think he's automatically out in this regard because of that. So, I mean, what do you, what do you think, Kevin? Yeah, he – I think what you're right. It's like he's going to be, you know, hey, if Jones goes down, I think he's a legitimate running back one upside. But without Jones being there – you think he gets what 10 touches a game? I mean, with Jones being there, excuse me, he probably gets like 10 touches a game. I can't see him getting any more than that. Uh, 10 to 12, he might break a runoff, but to me, he's a 10 touch 50 yard guy. If that, like, yeah. it, it, you might be lucky with that, that could be his ceiling. Uh, I, I like Dylan, but I'm surprised that he's a little higher than Pollard just because of the PPR and just the targets and to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield. Yeah, I mean. I think Bill nailed it. I think he's like a, you know, for the Packers, he's the break glass in case of emergency running back. Like Aaron Jones goes down. All right, we got A.J. Dillon and, you know, we might feel confident in that. But, you know, what is he going to do with Aaron Jones on the field? I mean, I I think Kevin might even be a little optimistic with 10 to 12 touches a game because. Aaron Jones can do everything. He can he can run. He can he can pass catch, you know. He could pass block. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, Aaron Jones, I mean, excuse me, A.J. Dillon is going to be out on the field. It's not like he's going to see zero touches, but I just can't imagine there being a whole lot of, you know, plays or packages that are built around A.J. Dillon. So now who knows? This may all change if Aaron Rodgers gets traded and they got a Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater or Jordan Love playing out there. They they might end up running the ball a lot more, but, you know, as they're constructed right now. Um, <laughs> Drew Locke. Listen, I, you know, who knows what the Packers are going to do in this situation, so. <laughs> like, I don't even know. This. What's your thoughts on Drew Locke, Kevin? I would, okay, so I don't want to be like shunned by you guys. I like Drew Locke. Like I, I did last year. I thought he showed some things last year, and I took him as like my third QB in a lot of superflex leagues because he was so late. Yeah. I figured, hey, what the hell? Uh, you know, if he can do that, I think he's gonna win that job though. Like I think people like I'm not a big Bridgewater guy. I never really have been, and he's such a safe play. Like check down Bridgewater. There's not like a ton of things you're gonna do. So I think Locke will win it, and he'll come out. And if he doesn't do well, then Bridgewater's gonna be there. But I agree. Locke's, Locke was a very good college quarterback. Like he, he, he touchdowns. He has the arm and the ability. The biggest thing to knock on him coming out of college was his head. Like, could he read defenses and did he make stupid plays? And so far, he's proven that to be perfectly like <laughs> that. They hit that on the head. Like that yeah. is exactly him. Spot and, on. And I think that he didn't go to necessarily the biggest coach, the best coaching staff, the best kind of organization for him to go to. But he's got talent there. But that severely limits all those Broncos players that I love so much, like Sutton, Judy. All those guys are so limited by their quarterback play. So I would love for them to get Rodgers. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, all everybody in the, in your division up there would love Rodgers to leave too. So that would be <laughs> that'd be a good idea for them. Um, that would be great for fantasy purposes. Oh, no doubt. See, and th- that would actually be Bill's fantasy because not only would Aaron Rodgers be out, but then Drew Locke <laughs> would be in. <laughs> and and that would be the best of both worlds. Oh my god, Bill. how glorious would that be? <laughs> he probably thrashed the Lions. So <laughs> what am I we might not see Bill for a couple of weeks. He just might go on a historic bender, and we might we might be out Bill. So That's Kevin, pretty- if that happens, I, we may need to call you in from the bullpen and, and host hey. a few episodes because Bill will be out <laughs> here just 
partying in the streets. Yeah. Screw lock and start. I'll pop in lock. just for like three seconds and I'm back on. So. He, just, he just got a 40 in one hand and just like, hey, guys, Drew Lock's the quarterback of yeah. the Packers. Talk Man to you dog, later. 2020 Kiwi Lime in one hand and <laughs> St. Ides in the other. God bless you, man. Um, so, yeah, but, you know, barring that, like, I don't I don't really see what A.J. Dillon is doing. You know, getting back to the point. But, yeah, I mean – Everyone, it's funny. AJ Dillon is just—he's a player that that has pretty much pissed everybody off every year because we were mad last year when he got taken in the second round because we were like, "Well, Jamal Williams is still there and Aaron Jones is still there. What are they doing?" And then this year we were like, "Oh, well, they were smart. You know, they're going to let Aaron Jones go." And now they have AJ Dillon, and we saw him in that one uh, snow game where he looked, you know, pretty powerful and looked good. And then yeah, the Packers again were towards like, the end of the year, yeah. They were like, fooled you. We're, we're going to re-sign Aaron Jones. And then now everyone's like, what the hell are we doing with A.J. Dillon? So, well, they had, yeah, they had to if they wanted to even ha- have a chance at signing Rodgers or getting him back again. I mean, not signing him, but. I mean. What know. a debacle of a couple of years between the draft and the situation for the Packers. It's really tough on for them. I mean, listen, Ke- Kevin knows, you know, our, our franchise gets made fun of a lot for dysfunction and the way ownership does things and all that stuff. But man, I mean, how do you have Aaron Rodgers, Hall of Famer, MVP, Super Bowl champion, and he's like, hey, uh, can you can you draft me a, a wide receiver in the first round? And they're like, you want a wide receiver? We're going to draft your backup. How about that, buddy? You know, you know, it's the same thing I was ranting about last year when when Houston decided they were going to trade DeAndre Hopkins for a bag of chips and, you know, some practice time on a high school field. I mean, like. I mean, don't undersell David Johnson. Who? They, who? David David Johnson? They love David Johnson. Like, they I mean, he did David really Johnson well last so, year, didn't he? They love David Johnson so much that this year they decided to sign Mark Ingram Philip Lindsay and Rex Burkhead. That's how much they love David Johnson. Hey, don't I be hating I, on my boy Philip Lindsay. Hey, easy, easy on my guy Lindsay. I love Philip Lindsay, but he literally went to a place where <laughs> players go to die. That's fair. I mean, I when he was freed from Denver, I was so happy because I was like, a team is going to take him. They're going to treat him with some damn respect, unlike Denver did. And then it's like he signed with the Houston Texans, and I said, well, I, I can't love you no more because they, they ain't never going to love you like I do. David Johnson was RB16 in points per game last year. Uh, listen, you, I mean, so you, you I'm not going to, you know, I'm not, I'm not arguing that David Johnson was a great add to the team, but low key, he was a mid, t- mid RB2. But we're talking, we're talking, we're not talking fantasy, we're talking. No, I know, and I, real, I just I'm just sport. explaining that you know just so it be even if we're ripping on David Johnson, don't like completely throw him out. Like he he could end up being a a waiver wire player for you this year. But but you know what, Bill, I'm glad you said that. Everybody who's listening, you cut that clip out if you have David Johnson on your team, <laughs> and when you go to sell him, you pop that clip of Bill talking up David Johnson. <laughs> And maybe you could turn that third round pick into a second and rob course, somebody. You know, the next like five shows, Josh is gonna be like, and Bill says David Johnson is an RB one next year. And listen, like, 
putting words in my say, mouth. I only say what you say. You believe that points per game, David Johnson will be an RB2 for you. I said that's what he was last year. Uh, well, you're hyping him up, so it makes me feel like you're kind of feeling the same thing for this year. Oh my gosh, fake I news! I don't, I don't what hype time up. Is it? I don't hype up these players. About is, that time. It's about that time. So we hit, we hit all the high notes. We got through all the questions. Bill got to proclaim his love for David Johnson. Uh, Kevin, we want to thank you awesome. for being on today. Uh, appreciate it. it. Was a lot of fun. Thanks, Kevin. It, it was yep. good. Uh, it was good seeing a Michigan guy flex on a Michigan State guy. <laughs> um, why don't you um, tell everybody where you're at, what you're doing, and where they can find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Dubois underscore 22. It's a little homage to my Cowboys, but also my grandpa, who was a big Emmett Smith guy. Uh, he he passed away a few years ago, so uh, that's kind of like my homage. I won't change it. It's going to be stay that forever. So that's awesome. Uh, that's kind of how that is. You can find me there. Uh, I'm big in Debbie fantasy pros. Uh, I'm the featured Debbie writer. I have another piece coming out this week uh, and you can find my Debbie videos on YouTube at triple play fantasy. And I have two podcasts, the Debbie Royale uh, with Jeff Bell and Christian Williams. It's Tuesday at nine 30 Eastern. And then I also have the super fantasy bros. It's a little Mario Kart, Mario themed uh, dynasty redraft podcast, the same night, Tuesday at seven 30 Eastern. Cool. So make sure you're checking that out. Kevin is a smart dude. He drops knowledge. He's uh, he's just uh, fun as well. And I, uh, you know, I'm happy to say that your grandfather had great taste in running backs because um, <laughs> Emmitt Smith was that dude. Uh, so on that note, thank you to everybody who was in the chat. We appreciate it uh, when the chat is lit. You know, it makes the show that much more fun. We had a we had a question or two from there. Uh, remember if you're watching us on YouTube, hit subscribe, hit the bell. So, you know, when we go live, uh, and it's not only us, if you're following the DAP network, uh, the junkies have been going live. Sometimes you'll catch, uh, the trade addicts pod with, uh, outhouse and Rocky, um, probably have some other stuff going on here and there. So, you know, when you hit that bell, you know, you know, when it's happening, so you can pop in, say, what's up, uh, laugh at us, ask questions. If you're doing it on your podcast directory, just make sure you hit subscribe and make sure you leave a rate and review so that uh, we can get out there and we can get in front of some more eyes and some more ears. And on that note, Bill, we are out of here. Late.